Welcome to the Grow Old With Me podcast, where we connect our family to yours through openness and vulnerability, while keeping God's truth at the center of our discussions. Well, hello and welcome back to the Grow Old With Me podcast. I'm Peter, together with my wife, Crystal, with a new topic today, which is uh, one that I think we both have uh, a lot of conversation to have about. Uh, The topic today is what God has put together, let no one separate, not even our kids. And I think that title really comes from uh, this idea that Marriage is hard enough without uh, kids running around and demanding time. Um, but to make sure that we're, we're putting in that time to invest into our marriage uh, and not, uh, not simply just dedicating all of our energy to the kids. I think one of the things, though, is that it's really easy to see how uh, having kids really makes it, makes it difficult. Yeah, I think um, when we were talking about this podcast in particular, I said... I think it almost feels like we're playing a game and the evenings before the kids go to bed and then once the kids go to bed, it's almost like we're in overtime Yeah. and we have to get this new wave of energy for our spouse. And a lot of nights, I think we have neglected to um, put our best into overtime. I think we've just been like, well, let's just watch TV because my brain is fried and I can't do it anymore. And and it, um, I think it does. After a while, it starts to kind of pick at the marriage, and we right. don't connect as well. And right. I think we need to look at it as overtime, and you need to get a second wave so that you can win this game. Right. That's when it's probably time to muster up your energy and, and play your best. Uh, but yeah, Crystal, you're right that that um, for us anyway, I, hopefully other people can relate with this, but when we finally get those kids to bed and we got that one and a half hours or whatever it is before it's time for our bed... Uh, you know, that's, that's time that it's, it's very easy, um, to waste that time and and maybe even kind of feel entitled about that time saying, well, we made it, we got to the end of the game and, um, somehow think that that's the end and that we've accomplished all of our goals as a family because now the kids are sleeping. Um, and we kind of get this idea that, well, I deserve this break. So I I can just kind of sit on the couch, shut, shut off my brain and, and for the first time all day, sit down and take my, my hard earned breath. But yeah, you're absolutely right that that's, that's a great way to grow alienated and distant from the person that you married. Um, like that's for us anyway, like that's really the first real shot we've got at genuine connection is not until really the kids go to bed and we can share glances and stuff throughout the day like we can talk about that a little bit but but really we're talking about that time before bed um or right after the kids bedtime like that's that's some real important time and i think um I think it's very it's a very easy thing to fall into in marriages. I can see how it happens because kids are so helpless yeah. and our spouse is more self-sufficient. So I can see how kids' needs end up coming before the spouse's needs. Um, but this is something that we need to be aware of and make sure that we're not taking our spouse for granted. I think that's something that I can easily do. I'm like, oh, well, Peter won't mind if... If I do this, and he doesn't usually mind, but I think um, if it's a full week of, oh, Peter won't mind, oh, Peter won't mind, and I keep putting him on the back burner repeatedly, well, then I think he does mind. 
Yeah, I think we start we start to feel. Um, I think we we feel like the other one understands where we're coming from because we we assume they're also ex- exhausted and tired as we are, and maybe wants that that just to sit on the couch and and unwind, uh, pro, you know, personally. But um, Crystal, you're exactly right that 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 adds up over time. And if we don't start putting that nurturing care and attention into the marriage, the the other one feels. I think I've heard from you know from you especially from from the woman wants to feel pursued by by the man and and i think that's something that when i just go and sit to the couch on a chance that i really could pursue you um you kind of feel ripped off after a while and i think i feel the same way is that um if i feel like well you just over and over again well peter won't mind if if we just wait another day another day another day you know to connect well after enough days i start to mind like it starts to fester and that's when kind of our fights start breaking out and i think um I know we're moving into traditional male and female roles here, but I think with Peter working full-time and me working part-time, I think it's my duty to make sure the house is kept up and meals get on the table. And I think um, as much as I want connection, I think it's nice for Peter to have me almost take care of him in a way. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I think... Like I said before, I'm like, well, he's self-sufficient. He can take care of himself. These kids are so needy. I need to deal with them. But but that is a good way of alienating him and not making him feel like a priority in my life. Um, and it's not what God intended. I think God intended for me to be able to take care of everyone. I mean, we decided to have this many kids, and we need to make it okay for everyone in the situation to feel loved right. and appreciated. And, and we've talked before on how we, we really do believe that investing into our kids and putting our energy and time and thoughts and even regrouping as parents and making sure that we're providing uh, the parenting structure for those kids is a primary mission in our marriage. We want to make sure that we're providing a structure where our kids grow up first, yeah, seeing all relationships with Christ, but also where we can challenge them to grow in their relationships with Christ. Yes, that is a, a, a huge priority and, and purpose for us, but we also want to be mindful of each other. And I think um, what we input is kind of what comes out. So I think after the kids go to bed, if I sit down on the couch and turn my brain off, I think that creates a pattern of laziness almost into the next day where I'm like, well, I didn't get that stuff I should have done last night and I didn't connect with Peter. And then I feel like it can be a pattern that, that continues. Whereas if we connect and discuss what we need to be doing, then we're more on top of it for the next day. And then the next day we feel more, I don't know, less lazy. Yes. And I think finding that connection, it's important, but sometimes it's tough to be able to do that. Uh, And, and something that, that Chris and I have been doing actually just for the last six days. It's like a new uh, thing we've been we've been trying together. But it's it's we're finding connection through finding a common purpose and growing together. Um, specifically, we're we're growing toward Jesus Christ. We're using that time after we put the kids to go to bed to read a little bit of the Bible, journal, and then discuss what what we read together, uh, and then pray together as just kind of our our first step after we put those kids to bed. Uh, and like I said, it's kind of a trial run, but, but for six days, um, yeah, we've put in a little extra effort and our, our overtime has gotten a little bit longer, but on those, I feel like there's been 
a genuine and real connection that has occurred uh, as a result of that investment of time. And I think it's because uh, as the two of us pursue God together, uh, a result of that is uh, in us seeking the, this common purpose or this common destination that, that we're actually being drawn toward each other in that common destination. Um, we, we read in Ecclesiastes 4.12, it says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Um, so already it, we were emphasizing that it's important for two to stand together, for, for you to stand with your marriage partner and, and defend yourself with the two, but how, how your marriage isn't going to be broken if you keep that third strand of, of God involved. And I think you can see the timing. It's uh, right after school started, and I think we just both were feeling like not a priority for the other one and we we're grumbly with each other and we we're arguing and yeah. not fighting fair really like in our right. other podcast um so it's something that we intentionally started because things were not going the way we wanted them to go yeah. and our family i think is is should be the biggest priority for us um another thing we started was praying for each other yeah and I think we've done it on and off a little bit, but I think just knowing throughout my day that Peter's praying for me, it really makes me feel like empowered almost or like loved that Jesus is with me and that Peter's thinking about me enough to uh, right. have Jesus watch over me a little extra. I don't know. Oh, we think of, I mean, in, in Ephesians 6, we're talking about putting on the full armor of God, but we have this 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 picture of a, a battle being waged and that's one way that as a husband I can protect my wife um, is actually to to go to God and pray for her and that's kind of my way of of being a warrior I kind of pretend that's what I'm doing when I when I start praying for her it makes me feel uh, like strong and enabled as as her husband to to defend her in that way and I think um, I go back to marriage is a choice when we first got married, Peter was like, oh, well, don't think I'm the perfect guy for you because then if I make a mistake, then you will think that I'm not the right one for you or whatever. And I think it's true. I think I think we constantly have to choose that this is the person I'm with. This is the person who I am tethered to for life. Right. And this is who I'm going to pursue God with. Um, Romans 12 verse 10 says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. So that means when we're tired, after the kids go to bed, still putting in that time to ask about his day. Because that's what we did before right. we had kids. That's what we did when we had one kid. But now that we have three, it's a lot more difficult. But it's a decision that we need to make. I need to be choosing to honor him in and, love. And be devoted to each other. Ephesians 4 verse 2 also says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. I think... These are all lessons that we just need to continue the pursuit of each other. Continue. <laughs> right. Yeah. Bearing bearing with each other, I think, is a big one. Is because obviously you're, you're living with somebody long enough and there's going to be irritations with that person on what they do. And just being able to bear with the things that maybe irritate you and, and, and work through those things and, and just keep remembering that you're in love. I mean, that's you got to sometimes remind yourself because those fights start coming and you got to kind of bear with those things that, that aren't easy. And Colossians 3 verse 13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. 
And I think that's a big one too, is if we have issues, don't just sit on them. Don't just sit on them and resent the other person for it. Right. Talk about it. Um, yeah. Bring it out into the light and work it through. And we talked about this in the fight thing, but it, it takes a big thing to be able to say, I'm sorry, and to say, uh, will you forgive me? I mean, those are two things that, that obviously are going to bring you together if you can get some of those things that, that hurt the other person out in the open and forgiven, I think is a, is a big thing. Uh, and I, that kind of brings us to, to the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13 that probably a lot of us had uh, read right at our, our wedding ceremony. I know Chris and I actually had this read out loud at our wedding. Uh, and and verses, uh, what are we looking, 4 through 7, it says, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And I think one of the things that I really want to emphasize out of that is it's not self-seeking. So when we get to that point of exhaustion and tiredness at the end of the night, and all I want to do is just go see how my favorite sports team did that day, uh, after we put those kids to bed, that's not my number one priority. Like maybe that's my default mode and how I take care of myself. But ultimately, that's self-seeking. And to be loving, what I need to do is pursue my wife. And persevere. I think that's a struggle for me, especially. We've talked about my enjoyment of comfort, all things snuggly. Um, so persevering doesn't always, it's not my favorite word ever really, but um, I think it is an important word in God's kingdom and it's something that we need to consider. Right. And also tying ourselves to God. God needs to be at the center of it. We need to be pursuing God and we need to be telling God, this is hard, help me. So maybe we can uh, spend a little bit of time uh, thinking or, or offering some tips that, that we could maybe suggest on, on how a couple might uh, cherish their time with each other and focus on their marriage, even in the midst of having young children and the chaos in their lives that, that can very much bring exhaustion and, and lead us to think of ourselves. And, and I think that the one I was going to start with is uh, the one we've already talked about is uh, whether it's... Um, after you put the kids to bed, like we've been talking about during this podcast or some other time, I think I think it's important uh, to spend some intentional time as a married couple pursuing God together. Uh, and the structure we've been using, and we've kind of talked, is just to read a piece of, of the Bible, uh, journal a little bit about it, discuss, and then pray together. It doesn't have to be what you do, and it doesn't have to be after the, the kids go to bed, but I think it's important that as a couple, you're being intentional about pursuing God together. And I think when we were talking about sometimes our spouse gets forgotten because they they are um, more self-sufficient than the children are. I think something we've been doing with our kids over the summer that has been nice is training them to be more self-sufficient. And it's not like they're <laughs> just super independent individuals. I mean, <laughs> we've got a five and a three-year-old and a one-year-old and our one-year-old is not self-sufficient at all, but. Yeah. Um, our five and our three-year-old really, they usually get themselves dressed. And I think training them to do some of the chores and stuff. I think I used to spend an extra half hour in the kitchen after everyone was done eating. Yeah. And now um, one of them sweeps the floor and one of them wipes the table. And if the chairs need cleaning, they both go after that. And then we do that time together. And then we have... I have extra time and I don't feel as burned out right. 
because they're contributing. So I think taking a little more off your plate is asking your children to be a little bit more self-sufficient and participate in the family. Not only that, but I mean, they're kind of getting to that age now, at least with a five-year-old and a three-year-old, the old two, they, they're actually able to kind of play a little more independently. And that does kind of free me and Crystal some time to at least, uh, have some some conversation with our one-year-old around and i think uh, that's another kind of piece of advice or tip in there is is yes we need to be intentional about having that alone time after the kids are in bed or before they wake up or whenever that would be but i think also maximizing those opportunities you have while the kids are awake and i think one of those ways to maximize those opportunities for connection while the kids are awake and in the midst of the chaos is is maybe just to uh to acknowledge your love for the other one with just a, a physical touch of some kind, a, a hug or a kiss, or even just an arm around the shoulder throughout the day just to show, hey, we're in this together, I'm on your team, and I still love you. And I think eye contact goes a long way, and even like laughter together. Right. The other day it got really chaotic, and oh, I man. think it's just hard. <laughs> it's, it's hard not to laugh. I mean, it's hard to laugh, I think, sometimes. But yeah. I think we just let it go the other day and things were nuts and I just was like, I was like I'm gonna tell you know what, whatever. Our, our five-year-old spilled something and was crying in the other room and our one-year-old fell off the dinner table chair and onto the floor. So one parent had one scooped up consoling that one and the other parent had this one scooped up and our three-year-old sitting at the table all by himself and feeling neglected. He just, he just like flopped onto the ground like... On purpose, because everyone else was getting attention, so I'm going to fall on the floor, too, and pretend that I'm hurt so I can get mom and dad to notice me, and that's what me and Crystal just looked at each other, and we're like, we just started laughing, because there's there's nothing else we could do. It was just such a mess that all we could do was laugh, and it, it just, I think it brought us together in a chaotic moment. But that's what I think. I always joke about endorphin release and activities, but I was like, oh, endorphins released. There we go. Right. Now we can move on. Um... I also think having real dates without the children and remembering why we're a couple in the first place is always... And using those dates for some some emotional connection, using that opportunity for conversation and connection. Yes. And then, again, we've talked about it. Not being lazy, not taking your spouse for granted, um, doing the little things for each other that... You know, I think for me, something that I can bless Peter with is making sure that he has clothes that he wants to wear for school or a meal ready at supper time or just even little, I don't know, words of affirmation, things like that, and keeping those in mind when throughout my day. Yeah. I think uh, just a, a general tip is just to be considerate. Think about what that other person might like. And put the effort into doing that. Uh, I know um, Crystal really likes getting an email in the middle of the day. And that's something I think when, when I send her an email in the middle of my work day, she feels thought about and cared about. I mean, it's just one of those things that um, she likes. So I can do that to show my love to her. And I think the last thing we had was be quick to forgive. Um, and I think when we're irritated with our spouse or feeling taken for granted of by our spouse I think that's a harder thing to do and again it's a choice it's a choice that we have to make that we're going to be putting our marriage first and we're not going to waste time being mad at each other let's just be quick to forgive in the midst of our hectic and chaotic days of parenting let's stay engaged in our marriages 
As we pursue God as a couple, He will build in us the love, forgiveness, and perseverance that a loving marriage needs. What God has put together, let no one separate, not even our kids.